the variety show podcast that brings you laughs, love, and more than a few questioning looks into the distance. If you're new to the show, welcome. We're happy to have you. Before we get started, I just want to thank you all for making this show possible by lending your time and your ears and remind you that this show is for you. It's a long show, but it's not necessarily made to be listened all at once, so feel free to jump around so you can listen to the segments you love and skip you the ones that you don't. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our crisis of the week here on week four of Not So Famous. So, my biggest thing this week, my big crisis of the week, is Mm -hmm. what I've noticed is we need to start saying what we feel and not being ashamed Mm -hmm. of it. Now, now, before someone jumps on me, it's like, well, well, Marcus, people say what they they feel all all the time. Yeah, they do, but then they hurt people's feelings. They're they're doing it maliciously, right? Mm -hmm. And what I'm Mm -hmm. saying is, let's not, we're not, I don't want you to say things maliciously at all. Nobody wants that. That's why this country is in the state that it's in right now. You know what I mean? We're a minute into the show, Marcus. Calm down. I know, I know. We're a minute into the show, and I'm already making it political. But look, the reason why we're in the state that we're in right now is because people people just want to to say whatever they want to say maliciously without actually thinking. But what I'm talking about right here is when Mm -hmm. you are hurting, right? If there is an issue Mm. in your life and you know that the best way to solve that issue is to confront it head on, to actually stand up and say, this is why I'm hurting. You know, this is what's going on in my life. That's the kind of uh, uh, saying what you feel and kind of and just living in that moment. That's what that means right there. And I feel like a lot of people just they they are not allowing themselves to do it. And especially during this holiday time, you know, you're around a lot of family Mm -hmm. and everybody Mm -hmm. wants to play nice and everything. And I'm and I'm not saying I'm not saying, you know. Hurt your family members' feelings over the dinner table by any means. Right. But say, but if you feel uncomfortable about something, if you've been holding on to something, you know, you should feel comfortable with your family enough to say, like, hey, fam, this is what's going on in my life. I need help. Okay. Or, like, can you help me out by stopping, stop doing what you're doing? Right, or like that hurts me because of X, Y, Z, or or that thing in my past, or this thing that I've I've been dealing with. Mm-hmm. You're you're not talking about you know um, saying the first thought that pops into your mind um, without you know censoring yourself, being like you know I think that's stupid or anything like that. You're mm-hmm. just talking about bearing you know your soul and, and engaging in a little bit more of what makes us human, which is that sometimes our feelings don't make sense and we need to to let it out yeah. and live in the moment and acknowledge i mean that's been it's so funny that you bring up um you know saying what you feel because my big crisis has been we're we're not living in the moment yeah people aren't acknowledging how they feel presently they're just three days later being like oh shit and you know a couple of days ago i felt crappy because of xyz uh that's 
that's not healthy necessarily. You know, like it's okay to mull things over and to think, is that how I'm really feeling? But that's not how people engage in their feelings nowadays. Mm. They just let it, they stuff it down into a little box and then three days later it opens by itself. And and that's not good for us. I, mm. I completely agree. I mean, especially at the holidays when when, you know, we can see family that maybe we don't agree with politically or maybe we don't agree with uh you know something personally that's happening or they we feel like they're being insensitive or paying too much attention and we just need to say hey like i need some space or Mm -hmm. hey Mm -hmm. you know that really upset me because i am going through something right now and you would have no way of knowing that but i just wanted to let you know while we're here together right and then you can move on and enjoy the time together Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm exactly exactly and and then and ultimately i mean that's that's what you want to do you want to move on you want to get to that point where you can have a better life where you can you can feel good about yourself bad times are going to come but bad times should not stay in your life okay you should get through those bad times and then get to the good stuff get to the happy get to the happy part because there are plenty of happy parts guys i know it seems very dark nowadays but you know what that's even more reason to try and fight to get to those moments. So, mm, cause they're worth it. They are, you know, I just saw something today that said, and this is going to sound like, uh, I'm, you know, I don't know, like a middle school basketball coach, but <laughs> it, I, I, <laughs> I read this thing today that was like, if you're going through hell, keep going. Mm-hmm. Why would you stop in the thick of hell? Right. You know, why wouldn't you get to the other side? And then relax and then enjoy it. And I, I was like, you know, that's that's a simple and like cheesy thing to say, but it's true. Mm-hmm. We really don't um, give ourselves allowance in that way. Or, you know, we give it to other people and we're saying, hey, you know, like, here's, you know, something that, that helped me. But we don't give ourselves that grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's important, especially around the holiday season. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up, Marcus. Hey man, it's no, it's no problem. I feel like you know. Again, every time we have these these Christ of the week, I hope that you know, you know, someone is listening to this show and they take something from it and they're like, you know, I'm not alone in this fight because you're not. You really mm. aren't. No, we've got so many people around us, even if we don't know it. And I think it begins with what you're saying. You know, as soon as you say, "Hey, I need help." Or like, I'm struggling or, or God, I'm so angry at this. That's when we feel like everybody go, hey, whoa, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, now that I do, let me help you. Right. We should right. try this. We should get together. And then you're like, oh, wait, I'm not alone. But if you if you bottle that up and you sit on it, it, it just exacerbates that feeling of lonely, loneliness and, exactly. and not knowing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a lesson in this crisis of the week, but is there? if there is, I guess it's... You know, reach out, be honest with mm-hmm. with your feelings and and what you're going through, because God, nobody's perfect, despite mm-hmm. what social media would have you think. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But you know you what? Know Mitchell... it... Oh, I was what? Oh, I was gonna say. But you know what though? Social media is good for at least one thing. You know, besides making you feel bad. Um, it lets, <laughs> it lets you know of so many different things that are happening in the world, um, especially in the world of entertainment. Uh, mm. So I want to know from you, kind sir, what is the word? What is going on in your life? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are What is going on? Hit me. God, it, it is incredible, Marcus, <laughs> that you can read my mind 
from <laughs> 350 miles away. What I was going to say was that was well, I was going to say that uh, you know who you know is not speaking their mind right now. Who's that? Disney, Marvel. I heard that there was supposed to be a fucking Avengers Four trailer today, Dude. and you know what did not drop? <laughs> An Avengers Four trailer, Marcus. An Avengers Four trailer. Didn't hear a peep. Everyone was like, "Yo, there's speculation." There's uh-huh, this and that. Uh-huh. I read like six different articles about it. That's what's the word. That's that's your, how I want to start. Your uncle included. He was he was so adamant. He was like, "He's like, it's coming." He texted me. He Facebook messaged me. He wrote on on the popcorn prattle uh, 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 message boards. The film talk. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, I guess it's happening. And then when it didn't, I was like, you know what? I should be the I should be the bigger man here and not rub this in his face. But oh, please believe when we're done recording, I'm gonna I'm gonna rub his face in it. <laughs> oh, dude, me too. I'm texting him immediately after this and being like, "Hey, where's my fucking trailer?" <laughs> right, right. That you blew up you blew up my social media about. <laughs> Seriously, he posted about it like four different yeah, places. Yeah, he was and, so sure. Uh, well, you know what? And it was uh, comic book resource too. So I mean. To give to to cut him a little slack, I mean it. It did come from like a reputable source. Well, absolutely. I mean, and I'm not. I mean, I, I you know harbor no ill will. <laughs> right. In uh, over in over, a, over a comic book movie. <laughs> no, I'm just giving him shit. But it, it is interesting, and I think it brings up the uh, idea mm. of you know people are have been speculating for for months now. I mean, ever since um, Infinity War came mm. out, what is the next step? Um, and I, I mean. I, I know that we can't know for sure, and of course it can all be upended, but you and I have had some interesting conversations off the air about this, and so I just want to, you know, touch briefly. What yeah. do you what do you see for the future of the, the Marvel Universe at this point? What do you think um, is a, a possibility for, um, you know, this Avengers 4? You know, it's interesting. It's interesting, Mitchell, that you, that you bring that up, because um, this was one thing that I kind of talked about a little bit on the last episode of Popcorn Prattle, and that mm-hmm. and that's the idea that eventually comic book movies have to evolve. Um, they're going to have to do something different, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and one thing that they can do different that, you know, Harry Potter, the Harry Potter fr- franchise can't do this. Um, Fast and Furious franchise can't do this. Um, they have the ability to say... Well, you know what? We're now in a new universe. You know, hmm. we have, mm-hmm. you know, what you've been watching is is this universe. Now we're going to go into this universe with all new actors and all new stories. And, you know, these mm-hmm. people that you love, like, hey, guess what? They're back, but they look different and they act differently. And it's, you know, it's cooler. Um, and, I mean, comic books have been doing that for years, you know, based on continuity issues, really. Um, but the movie... It's, that's the entire basis of the comic book franchise. Right. They can have, like, a three-issue run and then be like we're just kidding like he's not dead right right you know it's like um what was it a uh, uh, batman white knight um where you know you have this alternate universe where batman was it i think it's like batman goes crazy right and joke mm-hmm. and joker is the good guy in gotham who's trying to take down yep. batman um you know, you have these one-offs that are interesting to watch, um, or sorry, interesting to read, and then you're like, okay, well, that's done, and now we're back to the uh, regular scheduled broadcast of Batman, <laughs> uh, which you might like, you might like, uh, or you might not. Who knows? Who cares? Right. Because you got to yeah, see an awesome story arc. <laughs> 
Exactly. It doesn't matter. And um, I think that that is part of the cool, you know, like recyclability of comic books Mm -hmm. in that. And like, that's currently why I stay informed on a lot of them, because it's not it's not that I need to know how the character is, quote unquote, doing or like what they're up to these days, because it doesn't really matter. Like people are like, oh, where should I start in comic books? Like, how will I know what's going on? And I'm like, you can pretty much pick up an issue of like whatever the fuck you want. And Mm -hmm. dive in and it'll, I mean, even if it has like a book before it or a book after it, you know, Mm -hmm. you can, you can pretty much figure out, oh, and it's these characters and they're doing this and it's just in a new way. I just haven't seen it before. Um, But I am also interested like in what you think specifically might happen in the movie or what you hope to happen or I think I know that's on. I know that's on Prattle a little bit, right? But I, just for the sake of our listeners. I mean, to be quite honest with you, um, I, I honestly don't know. The only thing that I, the only thing that I know, my my one big theory is that um, time travel. They keep saying it's going to play a big part in this. Um, mm-hmm. How that's going to play a big part? Like, are we going to bring in Avengers from different universes? Are we going to correct the mistake of? Um, what in Nick Fury's mind? Because based off the comic book, put my nerd glasses. The uh, the pre <laughs> the prequel for Captain Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. he Nick Fury. Um, when he's in the truck with uh, Maria Hill, he talks right. about like what was it that kind of put us in the state? And the thing that he highlights is the fact that the Avengers could have defeated Thanos. If they were together, but they weren't together, mm-hmm. right? You had you had uh, them, you had half the you had Steve's Avengers, the Secret Avengers in Wakanda, right? And then you had Tony's like the regular Avengers, the st- the standard team. They were right. all in. Um, they were all on Titan. Um, well, in the Guardians as well. Uh, right. So you have to wonder, like, okay, like what what would have happened had both these teams been together? tackling mm-hmm. uh tackling Thanos because uh, I mean he could separately oh he was whooping that ass <laughs> okay <laughs> right i mean they came close a couple of times like mm-hmm. to but but those personality like if there were more people to kind of balance out that roster right i I, I to prove your point, I think you know some things wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, probably uh, Peter wouldn't have gotten carried away, maybe because he would have had someone else balancing him out Correct. to stop him, or or Steve would have been able to take the gauntlet where Peter couldn't, and mm-hmm. and things like that. I, that's a yeah, that's an interesting theory. Yeah. Um, well, and it's I, and it I, goes back to the Avengers. You know, that was that was their big thing with Loki. Loki's biggest uh, issue was that he brought them together. Right. You know, he was like, he thought he was so smart because he, he brought these hostile, um, these like these, these dynamic personalities together when really, when he, when he finally kills Coulson, they're like, Oh, we will put our differences aside just to whoop that ass. Yeah. Like just (laughs) to fuck a brother. up, Right. You know? So I, I think that that's what we're leading to where we're leading to that new, like Avengers, that, Avengers team up moment where everybody is working together to defeat Thanos and or um you know maybe a different different main villain I'm not going to spoil I'm not going to spoil anything because you have to read 
the uh, Infinity Gauntlet arc, um, or you can listen to my audiobook wherever it is. <laughs> yeah, I shameless. Hey, I put a shameless plug in there. <laughs> oh my! God. I don't know where it's, it's like. Every fifteen minutes, you gotta like remind us that you're basically famous. We, <laughs> all, we love you. We all love you. Nobody's denying it. I know. <laughs> I just say I just want someone to love me. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Uh man. But but yeah yeah that's 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 where I'm that's where I'm headed. But um. You know, once it gets closer, once it gets closer, we're definitely going to have to uh, have a proper discussion about um, what could happen. I, in all honesty, and I'll say this on the air, I will, I will say it here first. I don't think we're going to, if they were smart, don't give me a trailer until the end credits of Captain Marvel. That's when I want the trailer. Mm, mm, okay. I want it a month. I, I want to be sitting there stewing, and I want to wait a month before the before the movie actually comes out well and i think that you know they they really they've hopefully they've learned their lesson Mm -hmm. about that and they they follow that i mean even if it's not at the end of captain marvel even if it's uh, a little bit before that Mm -hmm. or a little bit after i remember you know getting hype for avengers 2 Mm -hmm. age of ultron and it was like six months out yeah they premiered the first trailer and i was like wait what like right this movie is coming out when soon and it was like no it's like in six months and i was like then why and then like every two weeks Mm -hmm. there was like an additional tv spot yeah yeah like uh an additional trailer and then i you know shout out to my buddy seth that i saw this movie with Mm -hmm. it was like um when we went to see it we were both disappointed because we were like i kind of felt like i saw like 20 minutes of the fucking movie through Mm -hmm. trailers Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like I saw some of the best lines debuted in trailers, which is, is right. you know, that's a whole different conversation. Um, mm-hmm. That happens all the time. There's huge, you know, talks and discussions and controversy over that. But I think, you know, Disney and, and Marvel Studios has gotten better, even if they yeah. haven't totally solved that problem. They've at least gotten better about that. Um, so, you know, I hope you're right. I hope they follow that well, lead. They did that with, um, if you remember, they did that with uh, uh, Captain America. They, they mm-hmm. waited. They waited till the end credits to do the Avengers trailer, and which was incredible. Yeah, because you know your audience is right there. Yep, and everybody was so hyped for it because I mean, you like we. I guess you know what we we kind of, we all kind of speculated that it was coming. I think there were rumors that it was coming, but as far as like what is it going to look like? Yeah, you know, like that was that's that's really you know what people want to see. They want to they want to see that. That, uh, you know, first Avengers, like, let's let's go around the circle. Matter of fact, if you want to do that, let's go around the circle again. But with all those mofos, I would love that. <laughs> just one big, long circle of just going around, looking at all these people, don't show me anything. And then it's like, boom, Avengers 4, or whatever they're going to call it. <laughs> uh, by the circle just for our listeners you're talking about that shot in the original Avengers movie where it goes around like the six of them mm-hmm. and you know Thor like grabs his hammer out of you know he like tosses it up and catches it and Cap like preps his shield yeah. and stuff you want like uh, Black Panther to like bear his claw yeah and, like, <laughs> Peter Quill to like put down his mask and flip his gun right <laughs> right you're already getting hyped <laughs> Dude, I, you're right I am I would watch like 30 characters in a circle like that oh, yeah. I would just be like I would cry, I think, probably. <laughs> Into your loving embrace. <laughs> We'd be crying together. <laughs> oh. 
Beautiful. I know the people at home are just picturing it. Don't cry, listeners at home. It's okay. <laughs> Um, you know what I am hype about though? Uh, a trailer that did come out. What's that? Um, Artemis Fowl. Oh, dude, dude. Do you know how long I've been waiting for this movie to come out? I didn't even know that it was like planned or like it, in talks it was to in, happen. It was in developmental hell for years, dude. Years. I mean, they're brilliant books, mm-hmm. so I, I understand that it could have gotten bogged down, but. Just because, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, I feel like social media has been so good about letting us know what's happening in the entertainment world, mm-hmm. specifically. And I heard nothing about this, and then there was that poster, and I was like, <gasps> "They came out no. of left field." Disney did. Disney's been killing it lately with the reveals. Because the, remember the Toy Story one? Nobody knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Artemis Fowl, and I think that's why people probably expected the Avengers Four or, or keep hearing about the Avengers Four trailer because you got Toy Story, you got the Artemis Fowl, you know, you got the poster, and then they showed you the trailer, and it's like I did not expect a trailer. I just expected the poster. Me neither. And then when I went right. on Twitter and it was like, yeah, we're this is the uh, <laughs> this is the trailer. I was like. What? Butler's Black? <laughs> I'm hype. And you read the books, right? Oh, man. I, I'm looking at them right now on my shelf. <laughs> oh, yeah. You beautiful, beautiful man. Oh, man. I I know we talk about me being the reader, but you, I mean, you're, you're proving your worth. Oh, man. Are you are you kidding me? This This series is the whole reason why I wanted to create a fantasy novel. Or a series of fantasy novels set um, in modern day, mm-hmm. but with magic incorporated in, like, everything. Um, and that there's the secret society that, you know, more so than than Harry Potter. Because I feel like, you know, when people first hear about Artemis Fowl, they're like, like oh, it's like, so it's like Harry Potter? No. Because this is just, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm sorry, I'm, like, hijacking this segment right now. No, dude, go, go. I, um, I... This whole this whole book is about this like basically a, a, a super genius. He's basically child Lex Luthor, essentially. Um, yeah, with, absolutely. With a man, Can confirm. Yeah, with a manservant who is like, if you've ever played like Hitman, Agent Forty Six or Agent with Agent Forty Six, Agent Forty Seven, doesn't matter. Forty Seven. Forty Seven. Yeah. Um, he it's he's like him, but he like talks. Um, he's a total badass. <laughs> He just, like, he he kicks ass, he takes names, um, and Artemis, uh, this young little Irish uh, sociopath, kidnaps a uh, an elf. Yeah, or is it a fairy? Well, he, no, yeah, he kidnaps the fairy first to get information about the elf. Um, God bless fantasy novels. Right? And, like, and he holds this elf hostage, like, and it's like a, it's like a hostage, it's a hostage situation. That's what we're about to watch. It's a kid holding an elf hostage because he wants gold. Because he wants to see if he can do it. Not because he needs the money, okay? No. He has plenty of money. But because he wants to see if he can get away with it because his dad is gone and his mom is, like, in a catatonic state. There's, like, a whole, like... It's a it's it's a beautiful beautiful book um, that has like it's it sounds it, it like when you first watch the trailer you're gonna be like like oh okay this is this is a kids movie there are moments in this that are not 
for children at all, or at least they shouldn't be. It's it's mature. It's a bit mature. Um, it, and it's it is. I mean, and it's like a young adult, yeah. you know, fantasy series in in the same way. I think that like um, Tolkien is like a young adult fantasy. I agree. Like he wrote The Hobbit for children. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but but there are things that are like really fucked up and. Um, I think that's good in a way for younger people to be exposed to mature themes because mm-hmm. no one likes to be cloistered and sheltered and, you know, like not uh, be shown things just because they think they can't handle it. Right. The, the, you know, the more that we show our children that death is a real thing and that, um, you know, like there there are mature themes and mature things out there that um, aren't easily digestible. If we show that through uh, a fantasy world where he's not, you know, kidnapping another human being, he's kidnapping like a fucking elf. It's kind of funny at first, but the message is still conveyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what you know I loved about these books is that it didn't feel like it was a, a novel uh, written for me at twelve years old. It felt yes. like I was like reading something I maybe shouldn't be. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I was like, ooh. But my mom was like, it's in the young adult section. Like, it's totally fine. Um, <laughs> I am really excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm definitely, this, I'm, I'm, I'm about, like, I'm about to be, like, freaking Harry Potter nut with the Artemis Fowl series. Because there are, there are seven books. And mm-hmm. I, I just know, like, the first, the first book is so exciting. Um, it's going to get a sequel. If they can do yeah. it right. It's going to get a sequel, um, especially there's like a part in it where there's like a tactical team of elves who infiltrate the mansion and they're, and they're like, they get beat up by the butler and then they're like, we got to bring in the big guns. And then the butler has to fight a troll. <laughs> like that's the climactic scene. And it's like, I love this. <laughs> I love everything about this. I almost just fainted at how excited I am. Right. Um, I just, I love, and it's also, I I want to mention that it is completely, like, Mm -hmm. self-contained. It doesn't, uh, it's not like... Yeah. Something that I love a lot is like historical fiction, mm. you know, things that are like, oh, you know, the Percy Jackson novels, mm-hmm. for instance, that's another, you know, like young adult series that is, it has like some mature themes, but it relies on the um, Olympian and Greek mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is completely in its own world. It follows its own rules, which, you know, we mentioned, uh, I think it was two episodes ago, or it might have been last episode when I talked about um, the Broken Earth series mm-hmm. and how that's you know like self-contained. This is yeah. this is also just an original idea, and so I'm so glad there hasn't been a movie yet. There hasn't been an attempt. I'm so excited to see them. That, that not only like you know a random um, production company is handling it, but Disney mm-hmm. because I, I think you're right. I think if they handle it correctly, and the the book, the first book itself is its own story. Yeah. So they won't, you know, hopefully they won't try and compress the seven novels into one. They'll just kind of follow this first story and then set themselves up for Mm -hmm. uh, a a seven, you know, movie series, which would just be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, I mean, I have to reread it again. I think what's nice about the first book is that the way it ends, it it you don't get that it's going to be a sequel. Mm-hmm. until you're, like, reading the second book, and you're like, oh, snap, they teased this earlier. Um, 
because they don't really show you a lot of like they only show you the human world right you never get to see like the elves world um and so like that's or like you know, i think you know i i i correct you earlier i think it is fairy now that i say it um I, they they never show you like the fairy world um so that again that will be that will be exciting just to see you know for the first time ever plus did you hear who's playing um uh the dwarf mulch mulch diggums no josh gad what josh gad is playing mulch diggums and i have never been happier about casting than that because he is perfect God bless. Thank you, Disney. I'm not going to say anything about who Mulch Diggums is, but I can guarantee you he's going to be your, he's going to be like, he's going to be the, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Dave Bautista plays him in Gardens of the Galaxy. He's going to be the Drax. Drax? Yeah, he's going to be the Drax of this movie, where you're, you're going to be like, I'm not too sure about this character. And then by the end of it, you're going to be like, man, I did not think he was going to be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes over my head, and I am too fast. fast. I catch, it. catch it. I'm gonna dive with the <laughs> with the biggest idiots in the galaxy. Uh, great line, great line, and and <laughs> I'm very excited for Artemis Fowl. Yeah. It's gonna be a good movie. Um, and I know there's a lot happening in movie news, folks at home. If you want to listen to uh, more entertainment news on uh, specifically movies, head over to Marcus's other podcast, Popcorn Prattle. He really gets into uh, to depth on uh, you know some of the some of the movie news coming up and the exciting happenings. Not to not to plug you too much, not, but yeah. it's, this recent episode has been was really good. I really enjoyed. Well, thanks, it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Um, have you heard transitioning into um, some TV happenings? Mm-hmm. Have you heard about um, this show that premiered on Netflix? Just a, uh, I think it was last week, the Kaminsky Method. I have not. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, it's a really good show, and I wanted to bring it up because it centers around um, actors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's basically about this guy. His name is Sandy Kaminsky. Mm-hmm. And he is, you know, in this world, he is um, an older, kind of famous actor. He's kind of a famous acting coach and trainer. And he's, uh, you know, coached some of the greats. And he runs this studio where he teaches young actors. And it's kind of about his life. And it's kind of about, um, you know, the studio that he has. And it kind of pokes fun at, at um, people in acting classes okay. and stuff like that. Oh, um, it, it's a, a lot of fun, I think, specifically for theater artists, uh-huh. but it's also completely not just that. Like, it is about, <laughs> um, you know, serious topics. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. This guy, Sandy, he has a, a – first of all, it's played by Michael Douglas. Oh, wow. Um, okay. We, so he's – it's just phenomenal. And then his co, you know, like, uh, star is Alan Arkin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really just like – You've got some heavy hitters, yeah. Um, and they they tackle things. Alan's uh, Alan Arkin on the show. Um, his wife is battling cancer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, Sandy Kaminsky, the the Michael Douglas character, is like, you know, I just I don't think she's gonna die. So like, I I get really weird around sick people. I don't really want to see her. And he's like, you need to come. Like, you never see. 
people and then it's too late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like he goes and sees her and she makes dick jokes at him. <sighs> and it's, it's really kind of, it, it turns on a dime. And I think it speaks to um, that actor thing that all of us understand as humans, yeah. which is just like, you know, your life is art and art is your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you're not an actor or in the, you know, performing world, I think you would absolutely enjoy it. Um, yeah. But it's really good. I, I You should check it out. I highly recommend. I've watched like four episodes. They're short, sweet, and uh, really, really funny. Nice. I, I definitely, I definitely am going to check it out. I mean, I love any, as much as I love our profession, um, I love anything that will make fun of us in a heartbeat. Um, because I, I'm so quick to say like, I hate theater people. I'm like, because of weird stuff, just like this. And like when I, so when I see other theater people making fun of theater people, I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. Oh my god! And like, not to ruin it, but there's this moment that I just keep coming back to. Uh-huh. Um, there's this stupid white guy in the class that just seems like a surfer dude. Okay. And uh, Sandy comes into class and he's had like a rough night. And he comes in, he's like, "Who wants to show us something?" And this dude is like, "Hey, yeah. Um, so like last class, you said that like I should challenge myself and get out of my uh, comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm gonna do a monologue from August Wilson's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom." <laughs> and literally, the entire class is like, "What the fuck?" Like. Who the f- and then he starts doing it and like the, the there's this white girl and she's like stop please stop like this makes me uncomfortable and then everybody just looks at the one black girl in the class and she's like y'all better stop looking at me or something is really gonna go the fuck down. um and like that's the whole show like the yeah. whole show is that kind of dark and twisted and like um I mean ultimately like. Just like pokey humor, right? It's, it's very good. I I absolutely recommend. It's such a good show. Oh man, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Y'all better stop looking at me, or something bad is gonna happen, dude. And they bring it back like the next episode. Somebody else comes into class, uh-huh. and um, <laughs> the black girl comes back into class, yeah. and she's like, "Well, just because like last week we were talking about getting out of our comfort zone, so I thought I'd do a monologue by a gay man." <laughs> Everyone's like, wait, now you're just being homophobic. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, screw you guys. Like, it is not okay. It, it, it's such a good – it's so funny. Yeah. Go check it out. I'm going to stop ruining it. Just go watch it. <laughs> uh, question, Marcus. Yes. Have you downloaded or, or subscribed to the DC streaming service? Uh, Mitchell, I got to tell you, man. I um I can't bring myself to do it just yet. Although, although I have heard that um, Titans is actually a lot better than what people have been saying it it was, um, mm-hmm. that it's actually it actually does um, it does a good service to to the Teen Titans. I could mm-hmm. I could see myself possibly watching it at some point and and maybe even going on the streaming service. Right now, I'm just. I'm just too hurt. Maybe Aquaman. If Aquaman's good, maybe I'll maybe I'll watch it. But no. Nah. Fair, fair enough. Mm-hmm. The only reason I ask is because I have seen some really good stuff coming about out just as the same as you just mentioned, like, you know, that Titans is being, you know, produced and it's it's pretty damn good, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but I also just saw today, as of recording this, the um Young Justice trailer dropped. 
Um, did you watch the first two seasons of Young Justice at all? Or? I am actually ashamed to say, like, as much as I've heard, and I've, and it's from, like, really good, like, comic book fan friends that have told me this, I have honestly not watched Young Justice. I'm Dude, like, it's okay. I'm like an old man, I'm like, give me back my Justice League. <laughs> Which, dude, I am all about. And I actually got onto Young Justice because I um, was in a like you know really sad part of my life mm. in like my freshman year of college, uh-huh, uh-huh. just like transitioning out of you know the home that I grew up in, and I was like, I miss my family, right? And so I would watch uh, Justice League, like the cartoon, uh-huh. and I finished it, and then I finished Justice League Unlimited, and I was like, God, there's nothing for me to watch. And I found Young Justice, mm. and it is so good, I have to say. It's just incredible, um, really great characterization, just like we were talking about um, with Artemis Fowl, yeah. of young people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and young heroes, like, figuring out their identities as heroes, but also as, like, people that still have to go to school mm-hmm. and have, you know, like, finite resources and need to <laughs> right. grow up and experience, like, their first love and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really cool, and it crosses over with um, Justice League members, like oh. Superman and Batman and, you know, Martian Manhunter. They're all on the show. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really, it's a great show. I absolutely recommend it. Um, but they, basically, they ended it after the second season. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just, like, super upset about it because it was such a good show. Right, and right. they had mentioned that they leave it kind of on the edge uh, at the end of the second season with a, a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And they had mentioned that they were going to do a third season, and then they got shut down. Mm-hmm. Canceled. So everyone was like, please, we need to make Young Justice happen. There was all these GoFundMes and things <laughs> like that. And DC was like, it's okay, my child. Like, my <laughs> children, we will provide you my Young Um, we will provide you with young justice season three Uh and finally this trailer dropped today and i was watching it it was like the heroes you demanded and i was like yes yes oh wow i i am so excited i won't belabor this point but Uh if you have not checked it out go check out seasons one and two and Maybe that'll convince you to, you know, subscribe to the uh, DC streaming service, yeah. if nothing else, because that's something you can access elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, you know, before you have to commit to the specific streaming service. But I'm very excited for it. It's on, um, it's on Netflix, isn't it? It should be. Okay. Um, I remember watching it a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. or maybe last year, I think, rewatching it. Um, but I also know that you can like probably find it on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, and other places. Um, I would get on it quick though, cause they might transition into, you know, maybe putting first season and second season on, um, right. when they release the third season, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so definitely check it out. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's, it, they haven't made the move quite yet. Yeah. Oh no. You know who it is? I think it's Hulu. Okay. I think okay, it's Hulu cool. that's got it. So audience, check out check out Hulu because um, I think I kept passing by it, and you know I'm, I've been watch, I've been wanting to watch more um, more things to to you know get into and binge watch, and I think Young Justice was one of those uh, shows that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give this a couple of episodes. I'm gonna give this a shot um, because again, I mean, I like the I like the DC universe. 
Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, the the films have put a bad taste in my mouth. But the comics, well, the comics keep me coming, so. And fair enough. And it looks like, you know, maybe we're entering in a new era of some good TV from them. Yeah. Yeah, um, if, that would be if nice. Black Lightning is any you know inclination or, or any indication mm-hmm. of um, you know where their future is heading. And Titans, right. you know, hopefully I've heard good things. It, it's it's definitely got some promising. Um, there's some promising things coming from DC. Yeah, um, this is just like the you know feels like a kid again episode. It really. I like we, <laughs> and I, I'm let's keep it going. Um, to talk about um, some video game news. Yeah. Um, I, this is audience. Do not judge me. Do not come for me as I indulge this part of my childhood. Mm. I'm going to talk about Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu. Um, I, I hear it, good things, has, dude. <laughs> it, it's pretty damn good, and maybe I'm just yeah. being nostalgic. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because a personal, you know, little anecdote. My very first video game was um, Pokemon Yellow on my Game Boy Color when I was four years old. Which was the best... That was the best version. It absolutely was. And mm-hmm. I remember staying up late and, like, you know, getting that little lamp that you had to clip on to the color because they didn't have backlights. <laughs> yes. It was just, like, the pixelated uh-huh. you know, black and white. So you had to, like, hold a flashlight mm-hmm. in your bed to play this game. Um, so Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, there's two different versions, right? Um... Basically, what it is is it's a, it's a remastered version of Pokemon Yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. you start off in Pallet Town. You know, you you meet Professor Oak. You get your first Pokemon. Mm-hmm. They've just rema- uh, uh, reimagined and remastered like the graphics, right? Yeah. The um, music, the um, way that you interact with Pokemon and with trainers. Mm-hmm. So it's on the Switch now, which you know is. A really incredible console. I have not regretted buying it uh, a couple of years ago with my tax return yet. <laughs> um, I need to get it. There's, they're, they're starting to come out with some really good games lately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and um, the new version of Smash Bros. is going to come yeah. out. And it's been kind of an indie platform because it, it came out of the gate with, you know, uh, Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Right. And it's, you know, there's there have been some great games since. Um, mm-hmm. Super Mario Odyssey, um, you know, the rever- the remastered version of Mario Kart, um, mm-hmm. Octopath Traveler. But this game is the, one of the first ones that I was like, okay, I just I just have to get it. I just have to get it. Um, right. And I've, I've put about, I'm going to say, five hours into it mm-hmm. over the past, you know, week and a half and, or so. Yeah. And, um it, it's just fun. Every time I load it up and hear that music, it is such a trip down memory lane. And uh, they make it so interactive. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, instead of in the old versions of Pokemon, for the listeners that don't play video games, Pokemon is about, like, basically these animals, these little pocket monsters um, that you encounter in the wild. And you can, like, train up and play with them and battle um, other trainers with them. And um, in this game, it, that companionship is taken to the next level. So you pick your partner, whether you're going to get Pikachu or whether you're going to get Eevee. And Nintendogs style, you can kind of play with them. Like, you can rub them on the head. No like kidding. Like, them things. Yeah. And um, that bond actually then goes into the battles. Like, um, I was playing a little bit today. 
and uh, I had like just pet my my Pikachu and played with him and given him a berry, and then we got into a a, a battle with another trainer. Mm-hmm. And the trainer's Pokemon attacked me, and it was like Pikachu dodges out of the way um, because he's energized from that berry you fed him. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Like, this is so cool. It's an incentive to play and, yeah. like, nurture your friendship with him. Um, yeah. And plus, it's so much fun. You can take off the controller, off the Switch, and you can run into, you know, some grass to find a Pokemon. And when mm-hmm. you encounter them, you don't battle them anymore. You just have to capture them with a uh, Pokeball. But the trick mm. is you actually get to, like, throw the Pokeball with the controller. Oh. So there's actually some skill into, like, getting it into the right ring and, like, getting it into hitting the Pokemon on the head. Yeah. Uh, so you get, like, a, a perfect capture, which is a lot of fun. And uh, uh. it, it kind of links into their Pokemon Go app mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out, I think, this oh, last really? year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, you can go into uh, a town in the in the game proper, yeah. and like uh, there's a building called the Go Facility, and you can meet up there, link your accounts, and transfer Pokemon and stuff. <gasps> wow! Yeah, oh, I know people it, like, must love that. And it rewards you for walking around in the world day to day. So it, I, I don't know. Nintendo's doing a lot of cool things with the Switch to keep players active physically yeah. in the world around them and rewarding them for that when they come into the virtual world, yeah. which I, I think is is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most definitely. Now, a video game I haven't heard great news about <laughs> in, in contrast with Pokemon, which I just... It, and this is not a trip down memory lane by any means. Um, Fallout 76. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you heard any good good news, bad news? What have you heard? Um, for the most part, it's been all bad. I mean, if anything, here's what here's what I've been hearing. Um, people played Fallout seventy six. They immediately traded it in, and then immediately started counting down to Red Dead Redemption Online. Ugh, that that hurts me a little bit. Um, just because a I don't have Red Dead. <laughs> um. I just haven't been able to afford it. Meanwhile, yeah. I I did get um I got Fallout seventy six for thirty bucks on Black Friday. Oh, okay. So I did you know just to say like I did put it in just before we started recording. Uh-huh. Um, and I was nervous because of all the bad things that I was hearing. Mm-hmm. L- listeners, if you haven't heard anything about Fallout, um, it is the new installation uh in the game. Um, in the game series, and basically it is one of the first games that is a, you know, both a solo player experience and a multiplayer experience. It The entire experience depends upon you interacting with other people mm-hmm. um, in the world. So the, the main thing that I've been hearing is that the story's great, mm-hmm. um, the way that you interact with, you know, the, the world is awesome. Um, the way you find out new information, the mechanics of the game is uh, are all you know check check and check. Right. The thing that I have been hearing bad stuff about is the the lag, the glitches, mm. um, the server connections. It is a game that takes place almost entirely online. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no save files or anything like that. You can't you know if if you encounter a glitch, you can't necessarily just like load up a new save file and go back. Right. You just have to deal with it and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I will say that I did load it up and I played probably about the first 40 minutes or so. Yeah. And it was really enjoyable. Okay. Um, I didn't experience any lag or anything like that. Of course, this is just a first impression. Right. Um, it got me right in, in back into the series. Mm-hmm. Um, it started up with that war. War never changes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, I remember this series. I love this world. Yeah. Um, I got to do all that fun, you know, like RPG stuff to make my character and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um. So I am excited, and definitely, you know, the more I play it, maybe next time on the show we'll get to talk about it sure. um, a little bit more. But I am excited. I am remaining hopeful. I Before I even loaded it up, it was like, there's a 60 gigabyte patch. Jesus, what um, happened? Are you serious? Yeah, which, I mean, I didn't have to download the game, because like I said, it, it, it takes place online, uh-huh. on online servers. Right, right. So I wasn't, I wasn't worried about the download space or anything like that. Um... But I I am definitely interested in, I mean, the fact that they came out with a 60-gig patch in two weeks from yeah. releasing is pretty is pretty encouraging. Yeah. That means they're, so, they're actively, you know, look, listening and looking into fixing it. I think, I think it is, ultimately it, become, it boils down to um, MMOs, you either love them or you hate them. Um, you know, this, this was the same thing with Destiny. Destiny came out mm. and, you know, it had its fans, but it also had its its detractors, too. And you even go to, like, Destiny 2, which has become even more, um, there's even more, there's a bigger schism um, between the original fans of the game and, and the new fans. People have stuck with it for years, um, well, this whole time, and love it. And then you have people who play Destiny 2 and are like, no, this is the same old crap. And I'm not playing it again, so I think yeah. I think Fallout is just unfortunately it, it just suffers from that that same thing. And MMOs are hot right now. And just for the listeners at home who don't play video games, um, MMO is m- oh, yeah, massive sorry. multiplayer <laughs> online. No, 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 you're fine. Um, <laughs> massive multiplayer online. So this is not the the kind of online video games that like Call of Duty is, right? Um, where you're matched with like seven other people and you play a match and then you're matched with seven new people. Um, this is like, you know, you're all on the same server. and Which is why, you know, there are glitches and bugs. And I think that this is, despite Destiny, that's a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? Because you're matched with servers depending on your play area right. and things like that. Um, and with Fallout, they're, they're trying to be really ambitious. I mean, it's the biggest map mm-hmm. um, that you can play on. I think ever. That's what you were saying last episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and I just, you know, I, I, like I said, I loaded it up and then kind of like zoomed out and I was like, wow, this is a lot to do <laughs> and a lot to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am interested um, and, you know, hopefully I can find some good in it. And I think that with patches and things like that, they, they released today a quote unquote roadmap to redemption. Mm-hmm of um like exactly what they're going to do over the next five uh or four to six weeks um to you know completely fix the patches Mm. uh, the the glitches that people are encountering so i'm encouraged by that and i do love bethesda yeah um so i'm hoping that it, it shapes up most definitely most definitely i will say though um 
I just want I I literally just thought about it. I don't know why I didn't bring it up earlier. Um, but just mm-hmm. real quick, if you are a big fan of Kingdom Hearts, um, I don't know if you know this. Are are you a fan of Kingdom Hearts? I am, yeah. For those of you at home who don't know what Kingdom Hearts is, Kingdom Hearts is basically this game called Final Fantasy, which is a Japanese RPG, um, and Disney characters combined. Um, and it's this great... It's so cool. It's so cool. It's got this great storyline. There's... It gets real dark and real intense and philosophical at times, um, which is what you expect from your Disney characters, not so much from your Final Fantasy characters. That's a joke, audience. Um, <laughs> but but they, um, that one took me a second. Right? That, he was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> um, but uh, I went to I went to the I went to Best Buy on Black Friday mm-hmm. just so I could get an Echo Dot. Um, two of them, to be in fact, because I'm crazy and I just wanted to. Um, they were so cheap. They were so cheap. They were like 20 bucks. I'm like, you can't beat this. Um, but like, I've, I've got the Echo Dots. I'm getting them. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop by the games, even though I have, you know, so many games I haven't played yet. I'm going to look at <laughs> what's in this in the section. And lo and behold, Mitchell, they have for the PS4 Kingdom Hearts the story so far. What the they have fuck? all of the games from Kingdom Hearts all the way up to like the latest like PSP, you know, like you had to buy like the handheld game in order to play this game. No. They have every single Kingdom Hearts game on this disc and I really need to go back out and buy it. Marcus, you can't tell me this shit for the first time on the air. I'm about to piss myself. <laughs> That's hell? exactly why I save it for the air because I oh. want you. I want to get that genuine reaction. Yes, listeners, I'm holding my head, and now I'm jittery. I'm jittery. I'm going to be jittery the rest of this episode. <laughs> I have like four different video games that I still need to play. Right? Marcus, you can't be doing this to me. I'm I'm definitely getting it for myself for Christmas because um, oh. I need because I need to I need to play all because my biggest thing was like man I'm gonna play Kingdom Hearts three and I'm not gonna know what happens because I'm not playing those horrible games I'm not spending extra money on handheld systems um, you know just to play one game but now they're going to spoon feed me the other games and include and Mitchell guess get this. It's not like the regular versions of the game. It's the final mixes. So like all like the secret stuff. Cuz they want oh. you to have all of the secrets before you go into Kingdom Hearts 3. All I can say <laughs> is <laughs> Wow, just beautiful. I mean, I I feel like I'm going to have to start a um like Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> GoFundMe <laughs> commercial. It's like this is Mitchell without Kingdom Hearts, the story so far. <laughs> Look at him. He's just, he, he's, he's struggling and he needs your help, listeners. He needs your help. So pick up the phone. one eight <laughs> Seriously, though. I'm, th- there's just too many. There's just too many games. There are. There's just too many games. Too many games. Too many um, games. <laughs> And just, like, I don't know, to keep up with this theme of, like, this is Nostalgia Road, I can't believe, you know, 
Kingdom Hearts is doing this to us. Right. Like, it's all the Disney characters you love. And I know that people people that don't love video games and don't play them regularly are pumped about this game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that up. That's I can't, oh. I can't believe I forgot about it. When does it come out? Uh, it's finally, it finally got a release date. I know it's next year. Um, they, okay. they have okay. a definite release date for it. It's not like before where it was like 2016. It's like, no, it's yeah. like, you know, May 5th, um, you know, 2019. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's next year. So I guess, so okay. I mean, that's why they're like, I, I'm assuming that that's why they put out this massive anthology for it. Which was a smart i it was a smart marketing idea because again I mean I haven't played these games in forever, and right. and now I and and some of these games I've never played so now I will shell out the money and I think it's I think it's the cost of like a regular video game, mm-hmm. so you know all those people are pissed that spent all that money on those systems oh God, and all they yeah, needed was like a PS4. Play the long game, audience. Play the long game when it comes to video games because they always go down. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that meme of uh, the the black guy like pointing to his head, mm. like you gotta play the long yes. game. You gotta play the long game. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. Well, to get off of our our childhood yes. nostalgia <laughs> and into some um, not childhood topics. Um, let's take a moment in the safe space. Yeah. Um, have you, have you kept up on any news? This week has been mostly quiet, but there have been a couple of big stories that I want to talk about. Yeah. The only, I mean, the only thing that, you know, I've, I've heard about, which I still need to get more information on is, um, is just what's happening at the border. Um, you mm. know, which, you know, my thoughts, my thoughts and prayers are with them. Of course, they're with the, the folks in California. And I mean, I know yes. and I know we say that all the time. But, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I, I mean, I really do think about these things every day um, yes. and just, you know, wonder how people are doing. Because, um, I mean, if just for me, that's all I can do right now. Um, yeah, that's all I can offer. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not up to date. <laughs> well, and I know that we've talked, you know, guys, if you're not up to date on, uh, uh, the California wildfires or, um, the migrant caravan, um, we talk about some of those in previous episodes. It's weird, you know, like things come out, uh, into the news world and then kind of fade away as new things happen. Mm-hmm. And that has definitely been the MO of this, um, administration so far. Yeah. Um, new things are happening so quickly that we kind of lose the, um, uh, the efficacy of our news cycle. So, I mean, it's definitely hard, but try and stay informed. The, the, the two big topics that I want to talk about this week, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, kind of, we touch on, uh, California a little bit is, um, climate change. There was a huge, um, report issued by, uh, the, you know, United States administration that um, it collaborated uh, collaborates with over 300 different departments within the um, United States government and and science agencies and health agencies, all sorts of different um, uh, departments kind of got together and put all their research together and then released this report on climate change mm-hmm. and its effects on the world at large. Um, Trump denied it and said, you know, I, I don't really agree with some of the points. Um, he's sticking to that platform that 
climate change is not real, mm-hmm. despite the um, I'll give them immeasurable <laughs> counteractive evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, basically I wanted to summarize, um, for those of you who do not have the time to read a hundreds and hundreds <laughs> and hundreds page document on it, there, there were a couple of big points um, that were listed. Basically, the first one being that there are health risks as global mm. warming um, and climate change, um, you know, continue to rise. Uh, mm. The big ones being that, you know, a warmer climate all over the planet brings um, more ticks, more mosquitoes, exposes more people to things like Lyme disease, West Nile, mm. um you know, mosquitoes stay around longer. Um, mm-hmm. They travel to parts of the world that they wouldn't have necessarily, or they find their new homes in, in places that they wouldn't have. And so those diseases can spread even more quickly. Um, there's huge costs to climate change, right? Hurricane, storm relief, um, you know, the firefighting mm-hmm. that we're experiencing in California. Um, the cost to fight fires is just going up. I mean, this past year alone, we've spent $3 billion on firefighting nationwide, which is more than any other year in American history. Jesus wept. I mean, exactly. Not to mention, uh, you know, hurricane and and storm relief and the other things that are affecting our nation. Um, And then there's those secondary costs that we don't necessarily think about, right? Flooding. Things like that. We have we've had so much rain recently because of the warm weather. Right. Um, it threatens tens of billions of dollars in government, um, in like government properties, business properties, private properties across the nations all along the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those infrastructure things that we don't think about. And and speaking of infrastructure, um, United States infrastructure was not built for these changes. Right. Um, especially because we have an administration that's saying it's not real. It's just fake with increased heat and extended periods of rain buildings all over the nation are taking a beating things like, um, dam failures, Mm -hmm. right? Bridges, road closures, um, more power outages. Mm -hmm. This affects water treatment, right? Like when power goes out, we don't think, oh, the water treatment plant doesn't have power to run. Right. But that's what happens. And hydroelectric power is, uh, you know, one of the biggest um, renewable sources of energy that we have here in the United States. Mm -hmm. If dams break, there goes hydroelectric. We have to rely on coal and other non-renewable sources of energy. Right. Finally, uh, it also drives up the risks for like things like flight delays, cancellations, um, halting cargo and freight trains, mm-hmm. um, and the constant threat of those major highways or interstates closing down, yeah. right? It actually hurts our economy, not in just the way that, oh, we have to fix that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, halt- it, it, it you know damages our economy in the fact that oh, well, that freight train didn't get there on time, so those products aren't going on shelves, so people aren't spending money. Right, right. And that's the stuff that, I mean, that's the general gist. Those are the big, you know, things that that came out of this report. Um, And so I hope that, you know, if you have been skeptical about climate change, maybe, you you know, you can find a a news source um, that, you know, goes over this in a little bit more detail or or that you, uh, you know, appreciate this segment on Not So Famous because I I think it is important to stay informed and to expose uh, ourselves to 
to those ideas and, and the things that perspectives that we don't think about mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like it's not always on my mind i'm like oh yeah the cost to repair things right i'm i'm not always thinking about the secondary effects or, mm-hmm. or the lasting effects the things that i don't see day to day and the thing is we and and we as a people um you know we don't we don't think 10 steps ahead you know we think about the here and the now and hey does it affect me right does it affect me personally right now maybe it doesn't and i feel like that is the president's problem is that he doesn't see as affecting him right now so it's not an issue right but if it does start to affect him all of a sudden like oh i guess climate change is real um and i feel like and and it's not even like that's not a dig at uh, at the president that's a dig at our society we all do that yeah um so and it's just a matter of i feel like there is a growing movement of people um, that does not want to be like that anymore, that they want to be informed, that they want to be like, okay, this is this is what's happening right now. This is how it's going to affect me later on. Um, and like I said, we'll, we'll be better off for it if we have that knowledge now so that we can figure out, like, what do we do to fix it before it is too late? Yeah, and so that it doesn't, you know, come back to haunt us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? This actually leads perfectly into the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Something is coming back to haunt someone um, currently. <laughs> Have you heard about the, um, you know, kind of 11th hour update in the Russia investigation? I heard about this actually this morning, to be exact. It's um, just a little brief thing. So I'm like not 100% on all the details, but I did hear about this. Well, let me break it down for you just of of what I I could find out Mm -hmm. and what I've been researching. Um, So Paul Manafort, right, Trump's um, campaign chairman Mm -hmm. from back in the day, he uh, apparently he has lied repeatedly to federal investigators in a direct breach of the plea agreement he made two months ago in September with the special counsel Robert Mueller's his office. Mm -hmm. Um, So Manafort, for those of you who uh, might have forgotten, I wouldn't blame you at all. There have been so many firings, so many investigations, it's hard to keep up with. Mm -hmm. Um, Manafort was already found guilty to eight charges of financial fraud and conspiracy to obstruct and defy justice back when he was originally convicted in September. Mm -hmm. Um, He reached this plea deal for a lighter sentencing after pleading guilty to two more counts of conspiracy with investigators who thought that he could provide um, some special insight into the campaign and whether Trump or his staff knew anything um, or assisted in Russia's disruption of the 2016 presidential election. Um, and when I say like lighter sentencing, you know, that he, he had, you know, gotten this plea deal for a lighter sentencing, we're talking like um, 10 years for conspiracy to obstruct justice instead of life for conspiracy to commit treason. <laughs> like that's the that's the kind of stakes that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, so this new court filing by the special counsel asserts that basically he is withholding or deliberately changing his recountings of the events that uh, and that this relieves the special counsel of all promises made to Mr. Manafort in mm. the plea deal this September. And and this, you know, I'm pretty happy about it because it proves that the special counsel is really truly being very aggressive in yeah. their attempt to bring about the truth. Yeah. I don't care. You know, justice. I'm talking about pure 
unadulterated, unpoliticized justice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, and, and, you know, the biggest threat to justice at the moment um, and what people are concerned about is this possibility that Trump could provide Manafort a presidential pardon for this crime. Mm-hmm. And, and that would relieve the need for defense or prosecution um, through this pardon. He, he would not be able to be prosecuted. Right. Um, and I mean, he wouldn't even, he, we, we couldn't call him back for similar things because of the, the double jeopardy clause right. um, of the fifth amendment, which is, you can't be tried for the same thing twice, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everybody's kind of like, wait, is that constitutional? Um, <laughs> is that allowed? Right? Like it, it's been hotly debated and I don't want to get into too much of that because that's a whole nother conversation. Right, right. But it is interesting to see that um, our our country is in a really, you know, kind of precarious state mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. federal investigators are like, great, we've reached a deal with someone that's going to help us sort through all this shit. And then two months later, we have to say, nope, he's lying to mm. us still. Right? Like, that's yeah. just a whole new level. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you are now that you know you've heard all this. I don't know where what you're thinking, but I mean, I just I'll say this, and this has kind of been on my mind with with this whole investigation for quite some time. Uh-huh. I think they know something, man. I really do. I think they know something, and I think that the only reason why we are not hearing about it uh-huh. is. Possibly, it could be detrimental to our country. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that it is something that is so deep and dark that, you know, maybe maybe we need to find something else. But I think as the days go on and they don't find anything, it's like, well, this is the only thing we got. This is our only card. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like what do you do do you do you protect the country or do you protect the country this way or do you protect the country this way um and i think that's that's really what it's gonna boil down to um and but things like this i don't i don't know man it's just like there's so much there's so much corruption you know we're talking about you know people talk about draining the swamp all the time and it's like it's like well when it, it feels like there's just more muck that's that's getting uncovered. Yeah. It's, it's feel like well, it's getting drained. <laughs> it's it's hard. Um, I mean, I I understand your and and can you know logically understand your assessment. Yeah. But to me, it's like God the the, the hand you know mm-hmm. the infected hand of this investigation. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to fall off either way. Right. Like we're gonna lose the hand either right. way. So we can either lose the hand from ignoring it and mm-hmm. letting the, you know, the infection and the corruption run its course. Right. Or we can chop it the fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's what this investigation feels like to me. Yeah. It's the knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're just looking for where exactly we need to cut. Yes. Um, yes. Which is exactly why I think that this investigation is so crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you think, you know, maybe, um, like you just said, like maybe, maybe it's we've gone too far, and we, you know, this 
it's the only card that we have to play mm -hmm. and they're just really you know playing the the fiddle too long mm -hmm. um but also maybe there is something that is being hidden that really needs to be uncovered yeah. that's true um, and either either way i just you know i pray that the truth comes out whatever it is even if it hurts i think the truth is better mm -hmm. Just like uh, you know, you you wanna if you find out that somebody uh, your you know your best friend is getting cheated on, it's better to tell him. Yeah. It's be better to just get it out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just gonna fuck you up in a different way yeah. later, mm -hmm. and you don't want that coming back to haunt you. Not at all. No, because here's you know Paul Manafort potentially facing the rest of his life in jail right. because he is obstructing justice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, oh gosh, that that brought me down. I gotta admit, it, it's just it's Marcus. It's all falling down. It just all falls down around you. It all falls down. Wait, where have I heard that before? Is it time for Kanye's corner? <laughs> I think it's time. <laughs> Can I just say Kanye's I love that corner. we I love that we pay, I love that we do you know the political side. <laughs> <laughs> right before Kanye's corner, I don't know. Like that was that wasn't on purpose. It wasn't planned. I just don't know why. <laughs> For some reason, to me, like it feels like it feels weird having you know the political side, and then you have Kanye. But I think it's weird because Kanye has become political. In early days, Kanye, not so much. Not so much at all. And for listeners who who are like, all falls down. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> um, all falls down is the song that we're going to be dissecting this week in uh, Kanye's corner. It is a song from his uh, very first album, College Dropout. Great song. We last week we just dis, uh, we discussed what song did we discuss, Marcus? Uh, we don't care. We don't yeah. care. Mm. And we still don't. We do still don't care. <laughs> still don't care. Now tell my mama uh, I belong in that slow class. <laughs> bring it right back. Bring it right back. Man, I promise. I'm so self-conscious. <laughs> you you got to listen to these songs, guys. Um, in fact, pause the podcast right now and go listen to All Falls Down. We'll wait. It's okay. Okay, welcome back. Um, <laughs> they loved it. I know they did. It's how can you not? I know they did. Did you guys like it? <laughs> oh, God, that's so good. <laughs> Just like, this is like how I talk to myself. Um... <laughs> um it's such a good song, and it is not. It is political in a different yeah. way, and I think the reason we had you know the political segment and Kanye's corner right next to each other is because we were kind of blending them in the first couple of episodes because he had a lot going on politically, mm -hmm. and I'm glad that we haven't really heard much from him, so now we can just talk about his music. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what's your what's your favorite? I don't know. What's your favorite memory about this song? What's your favorite line from the song? What are your first impressions? I don't know. Talk to me. I mean, my favorite memory with this song is it just it just the beat of it for me. That's really the driving force of this. I think this is the first time that I ever listened to a beat, especially like a Kanye beat, um, a distinctly Kanye beat, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, man, this is. This is just smooth, man. This is what mm. this is what you listen to. Um, I don't know if I I think I told you this, um, but when I was on tour, me and my friend Mike Kelly, what's up, Mike Kelly? Uh, we used to have wine wrapping cigar nights, 
and and mm. we would curate right we would curate um uh, a playlist of you know it was a lot of Kanye um before you he was my go-to Kanye man um and then you came and then mm. you became my go-to Kanye fan um stop I'm gonna, I'm gonna... <laughs> and so we're listening to Kanye West and you know we're we're sipping on wine and we're smoking cigars um and we're just dissecting every single song that comes up um and I mean at the time we're going from college dropout to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy um and the one thing that I loved about this was like, I told him, I was like, man, this is just, this is just smooth. This is smooth. Like the cigar, this is smooth. Like, uh, this wine that we're drinking right now. It's just a good, like, you want to chill out. You want to sit back and relax and, you know, turn your brain off a little bit and, or, or just like listen to someone else's issues or listen to someone else's story. I guess I should say that is what this song puts me in, in the mind of. I want to. I yeah. want. I want a glass of wine right now. Thinking about this song. <laughs> oh man, uh, absolutely. For me, this song is. Last week on Kanye's Corner, you said that you know you thought Kanye was a great producer, mm-hmm. and I think this song speaks to you know his ability to produce and to mix, mm. but it also speaks to his ability as a lyricist. Yeah. Um, this song specifically, I, I mean, it's got three verses. An incredible chorus to break it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the three verses speak to, I think, the experience that uh, many people have as Americans mm-hmm. um, and as college students. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always think of um, the the very first, you know, after the little intro chorus, the very first uh, start of the. Uh, uh, verse is man i promise she's so self-conscious she has no idea what she's doing in college that major that she majored in don't make no money but she won't drop out <laughs> her parents look are looking at her funny now tell me that ain't insecure right it, it, it just like i every time that i am like Ugh, i don't know what to do or like i feel so frustrated at at my path right now mm. i always go to all falls down mm. i think it's my favorite song right up there with we don't mm. care off of uh, college dropout. I mean, and it goes on, right? He he talks about basically, um, you know, this 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 unnamed woman mm-hmm. um, trying to live her life, right? Um, she's so precious with her peer pressure. Couldn't afford a car, so she named her daughter Alexis, right? <laughs> right? And she'd be dealing with some issues that you can't believe. Single black female addicted to retail, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it just speaks to. I think kind of like the every woman mm-hmm. and the every man, right? And he gets into himself and he talks about how he, he spent 400 bucks on this just to be like, man, you ain't up on yep. this, right? Like that that um, that feeling of we ha- always have to find the best new mm-hmm. thing. And it's still true today. It still lines up. And I think Kanye's ability, old Kanye's ability to stay political without belaboring the point comes in um that kind of last line of uh in in the final verse mm-hmm. um and it's controversial but i love it he says i say fuck the police that's how i treat them we buy our way out of jail but we freedom. can't buy freedom mm-hmm. and if that ain't like the most black lives matter movement thing i have ever heard mm-hmm. i just feel like it's an anthem for so many people in so many different ways. 
I I'm a firm believer that Kanye is, you know, depending on where you're at in your life, you can always relate. You can always relate it to a Kanye album. He, he's mm, he's mm-hmm. been there, you know, he's been there. He's experienced it with you and he has a song that is going to help you uh, through it. I mean, I mean, I, I think I, how, well, I'm, we're only on episode four, so I probably haven't mentioned it. I know Mitchell knows this. If I go through a bad breakup, or if I'm feeling real down, like I'm gonna listen to 808s and mm-hmm. Heartbreaks. Do you know me too? Even if I have a bad day mm-hmm. at work, sometimes I'm like, I need to listen to Robocop. Yeah. Or like Paranoia. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling, if I'm feeling like real, if I'm feeling real strong, if I'm feeling like it's a celebration for me right now, it's a celebration, bitches. Grab a drink, grab a glass, grab a glass. After that, I grab your ass. You know, it's like, it's like, oh man, are you kidding me? Like, how can you not? How can you not get like some sort of strong, intense feeling, some sort of strong, intense emotion? Listen to that. You know, you can again. You know, if you listen to Kanye's Corner, we're not saying that you have to like Kanye West, right? No. I mean, we'll, we'll be the first ones to admit that we were not big Kanye supporters when he was going, when he was saying all his crazy stuff. But you know what, though? You can't, I can't, I can't listen to this early, early Kanye stuff and think to myself, um... Well, I guess I'm just never going to listen to him again. No, because he's saying he's saying a lot of stuff right now that I I really agree with that shaped the person that I am today. You know? Yeah. Ab- absolutely. I mean, and yeah, I don't know. I just can't talk this song up enough and the 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 fact that we have like even when I um every Mother's Day, I listen to Hey Mama. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like every day I wake up and there is uh, something that brings me back to Kanye's discography. Mm -hmm. And I would just recommend listeners, even if you're like, oh, God, like, I hate, you know, Kanye politically and I hate his messages that he was spewing this past year. We're not saying, you know, that you have to agree with it. But next time you're sad, check out 808s and Heartbreak and tell me I'm wrong, you know? Like, listen to Hey Mama Mm -hmm. and tell me that that isn't a beautiful, beautiful song Mm -hmm. with incredible feeling and emotionality behind it. Um, You know, go to church and listen to Jesus Walks afterwards. There's something spiritual about Mm -hmm. it. And and there's something spiritual about Kanye. There is. There is. And I... So, I mean... I don't know. Make Kanye 2006 again. That's all. I was about to say. <laughs> I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> I need it on a shirt. Where is my shirt? Audience, get us some shirts. <laughs> In the arms of an angel. <laughs> donate to Mitchell and Marcus now so that we can get shirts. Let's say make Kanye 2006 again. <laughs> I swear to you, you know who's going to have some idea about a shirt? Our special guest today, Tom. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Dude, me neither. (laughs) Oh, man. Audience, uh, we're going to take a quick 
very, very quick commercial break. I know it's weird, right? We, we're talking about we don't have money, yet we have commercials. Um, but we're going to introduce you to a podcast that maybe you uh, have never gotten a chance to listen to. We're going to get you on the uh, on the ones and twos. I don't know where I was going with that. We're gonna, I, I was thinking about Kanye. Uh, we're going to get you. We're going to get you that information, and then when you come back, uh, we will have our next guest. So stay tuned. You know, I mean, usually whenever people start talking about doing a you know, remake of the I mean, look, here's that, like, the point that, that I'm trying to make here, okay? Yeah. Barb This is what I don't understand. I mean, how I mean, could I don't they have how you made a movie this bad? I mean, I know who greenlit this? Who said that right this right was okay? Look at the adaptation that came before. Yes, there's been many, but I'm just Come get belligerent on Popcorn Prattle Film Talk Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. You'll be glad you did. This week on Inside the Everyday Artist Studio, we have with us special guest Tom England. Tom is currently a theater artist based out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where he lives and works as a sales consultant. Five years after graduating from Liceo University, Tom has been writing and producing his own works all throughout the East Coast. Tom most recently expanded his piece Lockhart that premiered at the Arden Theatre Company in the 2018 Philadelphia Fringe Festival in September. He originally produced the show back in 2017 where he won first runner-up for Best Play in the Off-Broadway Take 10 Festival in New York City. Tom has received training from Philadelphia Improv Theater and Playpen and produced and performed in the Fringe Festival last year as well with the folk musical United. Tom is a co-founder of Heart Soul Control Productions with his college roommate and dear friend Skip Robinson, and he defines HSC Productions as a platform for artists of multiple disciplines to have the freedom and support to tell their own breakthrough stories. Tom, welcome to the show. Mitchell, thank you so much. Marcus, what's up, man? Hey, man. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you, man. Yeah. Excited to add podcasting to that uh, list of disciplines. Oh, my God. <laughs> Doesn't it always sound so impressive when you, like, read it out in a in a list, like, in a biography form? It, like, when you it, when it's told to you, like, it's a story, mm -hmm. when it's like, you're, it's like, this is what I've done, but with, like, a little bit of ambiance and a little bit of, like, color. It's like, ooh, there's a beginning, middle, and end here. I know. I, whenever I'm sad, I feel like I should just really type up my own and, like, read it back to myself. <laughs> Mitchell Hansen had eggs today with only a... A little bit of sriracha. But he wasn't feeling it. He will be on his way to update his septicar key. <laughs> move about his day. See, but you oh gotta you God. gotta oh. underscore it too. You gotta get some music to to, uh, to underscore it. That's what we need to start doing. <laughs> some some music. This sounds like a really intimate setting. Now you I'm writing this thing by candlelight with music yeah. behind you need me. To hire what? someone who can play all the different harmonicas just on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Like dollar a day. There he is. I regret nothing about inviting you to do this. Oh my god, you're stealing the show. We barely started. Listen, we're inside the artist studio. Let's let's get inside the studio, baby. Uh, <laughs> listeners, for those of you who don't know, I actually had my Philly Fringe debut back in September with that aforementioned production of Lockhart at the nice. Art Theater. And uh, I mean, like Tom, you. It's, 
we became close. We became friends. Obviously, you're it, here. It, it's crazy because it was a mutual friend, Ben Small and dear um, friend of ours, who's a very talented director in Philadelphia. Was like, he was like, I know this guy Mitchell, and uh, he needs to be in this. And I was like, great, cool. So let's meet. And we met at um, Fox and Hound, and we talked about the play, which is which was a heavy dramatic, need-to-be-respectful tone of a, of a play mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that I'm sure we'll, we'll cover later. Um, but then we just jumped right into Infinity War Breakdown and the themes <laughs> and who we loved and who we hated and why Thor's the best and why it said his story arc is the journey of the movie in, in any way. There's like a 70% chance that's what this uh, segment's going to turn into. Oh my god, I <laughs> so hope like... it does because I'm all about that right now. <laughs> Marcus, stop encouraging him. Okay? All I, Marcus, is... only encourage hey, me. This all is I kept Tom. thinking about this was, not... I was like, man, Tom has got to get on Popcorn Prattle so that we can talk about this. <laughs> It'll just be about how Thor's the main character of Infinity War. Thor's the main character. Like, the amount of times I search Twitter for Thor and for Avengers 4 trailer mm. is unhealthy. Like, okay, so. but quick diatribe. The amount of times that I watch that scene um, from Ragnarok where he's... Yeah, exactly. He, like, grabs the hammer out of thin air and then just, like, destroys people on the Rainbow mm-hmm. Bridge. Literally, but but the best part is when it's just the intro of Immigrant Song. That, um, yes. In the slow motion with the lightning <laughs> and my girlfriend's staring at me like, why are you standing? You're blocking the people behind you. It's, it's like, I am Asgard. Hey, hey. I am Asgard. The, the best, and then, and then I, I promise I'll stop nerding out. Not really, but still. Um, <laughs> the best, I think, Thank moment you, of Thor was uh, – uh, in Infinity War, and I've looked at this clip so many times. It's when Thor finally shows up in Wakanda, and just like a badass, saves everybody. And it's like you can tell, like he doesn't even care about what he just did. He's just like, "Is Thanos here?" Like, no, like he's not even here, dog. No, I'm just so angry. I'm gonna kill everybody in Wakanda, and the Wakandans are just like, "Oh, geez, like." Man, I really hope this guy's on our side. <laughs> Baby, I'm back. Baby, I'm back. And I got a raccoon. Right. <laughs> I got a raccoon. And Here's I my friend, Tree. <laughs> and like, I love how Rocket's running towards the uh, Outriders. He's like, ah. Oh, he just knows Thor's going to jump. And right. <laughs> what are we here to talk about? <laughs> What a great uh, intro into this segment that is completely has nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus wept. Um, so, Tom, considering your background and the fact that you didn't go to school specifically for theater, I, I wanted to focus on um, what made you gravitate towards the arts and and why. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a hard and unforgiving business for the most part, but I mean, it can also be incredibly rewarding, I think. Um, right. And I think our listeners would value your specific insight into choosing your passion. Um, so far on the show, we've had people who are directors, teaching artists, songwriters, YouTubers, uh, but they all went to school with theater or the arts in mind mm-hmm. kind of long term. Right. And you're in this interesting middle ground. And, and so I want to talk specifically about your journey transitioning into the arts and, you know, away from just only balancing that traditional career, because I know you right. still work. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think it's pretty damn inspiring that you, right. you choose this every day. I mean, we all do, but you... You balance it really well. It's, um, I don't think of it as balancing. I think of it as it's just what I do. 
Um, mm. The way I, I mean, it, it's I, I I wish it were more like oh I walk down the street and a you know a thing of Norbert Leo butts like a <laughs> book cover like hit me in the face. I was like, this is my calling. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's really just I became addicted to the stage in high school um, when I realized I could be in a lime green suit with a glue on mustache <laughs> and I can be in a show called Izzy dead, which was, oh, oh wow. was the, I was the bad guy and I'm a <sighs> sophomore in high school. I'm like, people are laughing yeah, yeah. at this. And it, it, and it was, just, it was, I mean, it's cliche alert. It was a drug. It was just all <laughs> I could think about. And I grew up in athletics. I grew up um, appreciating um, the hard work that it comes to refine a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I kept thinking about in sports seasons when I was playing football mm-hmm. on a very good team was auditions for the winter musical are coming. Mm. And I would literally steal scripts and go practice them with actors at their house. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I got more roles and the roles got bigger and I was able to sing. And I was like, cool, no one's booing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's really the the bar for all of right. Us, right? Like, no <laughs> Did anybody listeners? Laugh? <laughs> the bar is so low, and if, only, if you're <laughs> like the barrier to entry is not as high as you think. It's only as high as you make it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it what I have uh, found was at LaSalle, um, they didn't have a formal theater program. Mm. Okay, they just basically had we do two shows a year. Um, audition if you want mm-hmm. and I auditioned and I was able to be in seven street shows I did improv I did musicals I did dramas I met people um, I discovered new skills and I think that's been my biggest draw was all of art for me has been adding new skills whether it's improv whether it's writing whether it's acting whether it's singing um, whether it's editing a video or mm-hmm. um, drafting mm-hmm. a storyboard um, producing a show, I producing mean, a show. That was something I literally fell into because uh, we can get there. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, just loved the amount of work that went into mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. Um, and understanding, like you said, that I don't have any formal training. I, I just do it because I love it. Um, but if you do it because you love it with the right people, you're going to learn something. Mm. And um, that's what I've really found um, working with Ben Smallin. Mm-hmm. We've both worked with. Um, my dear good best friend Skip Robinson, um, who's been nothing but encouraging to me. He's a professional actor um, and toured and been at the Art and mm-hmm. um, here in Philly. And uh, I, I've been really fortunate to have a great support network, but as well as just understanding that um, if I'm bringing my best every day, mm-hmm. um, no matter what my day job is, no matter what kind of day that job was, I can turn it all off and throw myself into a different world. Right. And it's just, uh, I wish I could find a different word for it, but it's pretty much just purpose. Mm. I, I'd, I'd call it purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, we've talked about that all the time on the show. Like you can be doing, I mean, you can even be doing theatrical work or, or dramatic work mm-hmm. that yeah. isn't fulfilling right. in the same right. way. And I think what, what's incredible about your story and what you're talking about, your journey is that you are like, I'm kind of not happy unless I'm doing literally fucking all of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. I mean, there, there aren't many people like you left and you're I will say that you know that your hunger towards it um, because like I have very you know specific training in a specific area Mm -hmm. and I've tried to do what you do and incorporate new skills and 
just like when having you in the room working on Lockhart, you were always like, oh, and I Googled this, and oh, I'm looking up this, and it, you know, if we were talking about something beforehand, everybody came into the room with like the purpose to, hey, I, I looked that up, and right. I got in, and I talked to a friend that knew more than me, mm-hmm. and you you have to stay humble, and yeah. what you're doing is, you know, creating your own work, and creating and doing all of it, which is it's, damn impressive. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I, I think, in maybe just for the listener's sake of what Lockhart was, um, that's kind of that, that whole origin story of that show. Um, it really was the boost I needed to understand I can do anything here. Mm-hmm. Um, Lockhart was um, uh, originally a 10 minute piece that we right, mentioned. Right. Um, Lockhart is about um, following a um, a, a English teacher in her senior AP English class um, uh, lived through an active school shooting. And that was a hard right turn for me. Um, I'm Mr. Comedy, Mr. Improv, Mr. <laughs> Musicals, and tap dancing butlers, and pies <laughs> and faces on cats. And But I felt it in my bones that I can use skill sets learned to tell an accurate and respectful story. Um, I was fortunate to be able to do that in a 10 minute piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and the producing of it just fell in there, fell into my lap. It's like, you're going to have to fund this mm-hmm. because you live in Philadelphia. And I don't know if you know this, Tom, you're going to have to put people in your car and that is going to result <laughs> in gas. Oh, and there's a toll and there's a tunnel and there's a parking garage and you're going to have to fund all that. And yeah. you're going to have to get them there and get them back. But, Oh, um, Rehearsal, rehearsals, rehearsals, great, but that space is also going to cost money, and so you need to figure out how to do it. And it was never, um, uh, uh, what I got to spend all this money to hopefully do well in New York. It was I need to do anything humanly possible mm-hmm. to give the people I am trusting a script I love that I have directly put my words into and give it to a director I truly trust, into cast members I truly trust, mm-hmm. and I need to give them every single tool possible to succeed. Right. If that's Cheez-Its and hummus, <laughs> great. If that is a, an article I found um, or a story I have, better. If it is sitting in the back and being as quiet as possible and letting the people who are bringing my story to life work, that's what I got to yeah. do. Um, so I was able to do that and then enter... Uh, the esteemed uh, podcast co- host of Not So Famous Men <laughs> into, into Lockhart. And this is post-Thor discussion. Um, I was able to expand that, and I knew it was a story given the political climate um, in the events that happened. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to make a political statement. I was trying to encourage empathy on something that is so polarized. Mm. And I knew I needed the right people. Um, Mitchell was instrumental mm-hmm. in bringing that to life and I did it it my logic is always bigger than you did it last time so I was like okay I did it in New York City I need to do it at a theater that'll make people say cool in Philadelphia and that mm-hmm. was the Arden yeah you book the Arden you get the best actors you write 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 12 drafts of this script <laughs> you you get rid of your Friday night and you make a pot of coffee and you hack away at that script mm-hmm. like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a tree you hate. And then you build it back up together with um, uh, the feedback that your cast gets. And with the same process, give them the best rehearsal, give them, give them the food, 
uh, make sure that if they got to travel that they're compensated, mm-hmm. make sure that they're happy, make sure that uh, they are prepared, and make sure that they are excited to accept a challenge with you. Yeah. Well, and I want to touch on that uh, briefly because, I mean, first of all, thank you for those kind words. I appreciate it. It's just um, honesty. Well, thank you. But I also want to talk about that accommodating attitude that you're talking about because yeah. that is not... Um, just like a given that is not necessarily found in the artistic community, Mm -hmm. um, you know, at at length or at large, um, was there something that, you know, I know it wasn't an Orbit Leo Butts book hitting you in the face, but was there something that was like, you know, a a specific moment in your life that you said, oh shoot, I really have to create this company and I have to found it on, you know, bringing other people's breakthrough stories and I have to found it on this sense of accommodation because you are like that in in day-to-day happenings and in day-to-day rehearsals. I always felt prepared and always felt accommodated Mm -hmm. and we weren't doing it with, you know, a crazy budget or crazy resources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Marcus, but I just want to, you know, ask you that, get get into that a little bit. I mean, it's, I think it goes back to maybe not being trained um, hmm. and that it's that reality of you're going to do it, let's do it. Yeah. Um, you're going to make this art awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's make it, but let's make it the best art possible. Like you said, we don't have a crazy budget, but... I've learned through uh, busing people back and forth from New York how to save ten dollars a day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've 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 learned when to not talk about um, a line I wrote that isn't connecting, mm-hmm. and just let the actors and directors talk. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I learned uh, when to just sit and try to be a coach, um, and try to be encouraging, and try to be. Um, just that source of inspiration of I'm we're doing this truly together yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just my background uh, in theater and in life and my family mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Every, every person who's been instrumental in my life has been we're going to do everything together um, and that comes from my parents and my sister and my uh, incredibly supportive girlfriend Aaron mm. um, who look at you just, shouting out the I was about to say <laughs> I need to get you subscribers <laughs> we appreciate um, it <laughs> yeah I, we gotta get that ad money baby producer talk let's go um, it, it's but it's less producer mindset mm. and more um, I know what it's like to be on a team mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be an actor I know what it's like to be a writer mm-hmm. um, I even I directed a comedy of mine that was I was super proud of before, uh, at the beginning of 2018 so I, I, I'm familiar with the different thoughts that those hats wear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I can pretty much switch that hat as quick as I can because it is um, the show is what is important. Mm-hmm. But the show is only going to happen if the people feel ready and loved and prepared. I think and that's what I want to do. I think that is it's really interesting that you said that because um. I, I actually did uh, the DC Capital Fringe, um, took my own show, you know, kind of just mm-hmm. like you, um, and had to put on those different hats. And I tell you, there's just something, and I and I'm and I'm sensing it. You felt it too. There's just something different. It's like a different theatrical experience um, when you're going to one of these things and you 
you know, like, yeah, like you're trying to, you're trying to make money. You're trying to get butts and seats. Um, but like you said, if your actors don't feel prepared or your actors are, um, feeling disgruntled, you know, it's like, okay, that's, that's something that I gotta, I gotta tend to, I gotta put on this. Yeah. I gotta put on this separate hat. Like I gotta get out of boss. It's, and it's weird because, you know, I feel like in, in a normal situation, you know, you can be the director and, you know, if, if an actor's having a bad day, you can walk away because you know that somebody else is going to be there. Well, then it's like, right. well, what happens when you are the one who's supposed to be there, but you also got to be, it's like you got to be the good guy and the bad guy at the same time. Yeah. And it's, and there's, if there's anything that I think I'm good at sensing because I've been on the other end mm-hmm. of it and I've mm-hmm. um, been a part of shows um, at multiple levels in different places where there's just disconnect yeah. and there's uh, the disconnect leads to um, uh, pride in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if that creeps in, that's where I, I think in trouble's the wrong word, but that's where the unease can, can gr- that's the soil that it grows. From. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, a, there's a difference between pride and ego, right? right. Which is what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And, and maybe that is um, because you you come from a different background, you know, like there's a certain sense of you're in that like third or fourth year of college. It's like, this is my craft. And if I don't love myself and if I don't put myself first and like, who am I? I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, and they start to actors can start to revere themselves and their own yes. process and right. let that get in the way. Right. Whereas you're, you know, you said it earlier, the show comes first. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I like that specific line. Yeah. My actors are telling me it's not working. My exactly. director is telling me that it's not working. Right. So we need to move forward and I need to find something better. Mm. Exactly. Um, and, and that's a really, you know, specific, but very, um, uh, prominent and and uh, prophetic mm-hmm. piece of advice for oh. listeners listening at, listening at home. Like, y- you do have to put others first and remember right. that everybody in the room is a human being. Right. So if you're exactly. right, if you're putting you know yourself first or your work first, mm-hmm. and you're forgetting that you're looking someone in the face and yeah. saying no, you need to do it this mm-hmm. way or whatever. Then you're losing, you know, part of what makes theater special, which right. is right. looking people in the eyes and saying, I see you, I hear you, and, we're and, all going to bear witness and, to that. And I'm going to tell you a story. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is a... Um, no, go ahead, Marcus. Sorry about that. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and this is a very, um, you know, strange job that we have, you know, as theater artists that... I feel like again in in any other job you could you could lay the hammer down you know you can say x y and z to to an employee and you know you can go home and you know drink a beer and never have to worry about it again because you know that at the end of the day you are the boss and they need this right. job and they're going to do it but right. in our job Hey, if you are beating down an actor so much and you make them and they get discouraged, guess what? Well, then tomorrow they might be the best actor in the world, but tomorrow they're going to shut down. All of a sudden they're not going to perform to the standard that they need to be at or that you want them to be at. And it's just because, again, you know, like you guys were saying earlier, it's because you let your ego take control and you were the one who said, like, my idea is the best idea well, not always. And it's okay. It's all right. It's your idea is not the best idea. And I think it's totally, I don't think it's unacceptable of us to be defensive of the, of the, um, 
of the things we view as best. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything to uh, keep you from voicing opinions. Um, however, um, goals are only accomplished if everyone's on the same page. Yes. And it's the producer end of it is my money needs to be worth it so the thing is uh, right. so the show happens the playwright of it is my script needs to be the best it can be so that my cast and my audience and myself feel a message was communicated respectfully yeah. the actor side of it is i need to make sh- i need to make sure that my mind is right mm-hmm. i am mm-hmm. prepared i am not stressed mm-hmm. um and the director side of it is i need to make sure that i have every tool i need and then the audience side of it is man this seat is comfortable and i saw a really cool video that made me want to come see it and <laughs> i ain't that the truth yeah, and i and that's the part of it we haven't talked about is then you got to market all this and yes. the thing that i just have the utmost amount of pride in is that uh someone who i didn't expect to come to the show would come to Lockhart, for example, and be like, "Man, you're the who was the actress who played your teacher? What was her name? Amanda? Oh, she was phenomenal, mm. and I didn't expect that. And I, I, I loved your cast. And you're in this building. This is awesome. And the best thing that they can do before they leave. And this is as far as I'll go in ego tripping." Um, <laughs> Because the thing I have to learn about is be proud of what you did. But they, I, when they ask, what are you doing next? Mm, that's something important to talk about. Yeah. I mean, and there's the production company. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a big tie back to a question half an hour ago. No, but that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that that's how kind of the thought process works for right. things like this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, and, and we've talked about it before, um, you know, like not having, um, focusing on your idea being the best. And Marcus, you just said that. And right. we've talked about that on previous episodes of, of having the um, humility to be able to say, right. I'm going to argue this because I believe it's the best. And I, you know, am very proud of this idea. Mm-hmm. But And it's only through that arguing that, you know, you reach the end and that other person is like, oh, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. Or yep. you get to that point and you're like, shit. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm being the idiot. No, <laughs> you're right. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. It's Happy Gilmore. You, I'm wrong. You were right. I'm ugly. You are very good looking. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's, it's, but it's, you gotta be ready to have that. Yeah. Every, not every day, not every rehearsal, every second that you are working on this project. Mm-hmm. And that's also, you know, the kind of the thought process that, I mean, that I'm seeing. It's it's kind of parallel to your formation of this production company. Right. Being that you were like, wait, I have a problem and I know that this is, this is what I need to do. This is the thing. This is the problem. And right. then, you know, that other voice inside your head was like, what about a production company? And you were like, yeah. oh shit, dude, that sounds great. What the hell? <laughs> what, are we, what are we going to call it? Letters? Great. Let's put them together. <laughs> um, in, in, I have a, a ton of pride and at the same time I'm scared shitless because sometimes what's next it's like I don't know I do know what's next I'm in very deep development we can we can tease later but um no no tell us about it tell us mm-hmm. about it I like we mentioned earlier my whole um mantra is bigger next where are we doing um in Lockhart was this amazing experience um of telling a a powerful story mm-hmm. and it, it connecting 
and really, really making sure that um, it was done respectfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my roots forever are going to be what's the silliest fucking thing I can put on the stage <laughs> and, and how can I make people just giggle and just sit there and be like, oh, this is great. And I'm laughing and I'm eating my milk duds and it's great. <laughs> we uh, need those two sides, yeah, right? Like we of need, the same we coin. Need what we need, yeah, we need the yin and the mm-hmm. yin. And the comedy and the tragedy. Comedy is tragedy. We need the smiling and the frowning. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, well, everybody at home is like, that was cheap. <laughs> that was cheap. Unsubscribe. <laughs> all, right. all right, Tom's girlfriend. You're all that's left. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, what? But we, um, this is worse than Avengers. What yeah. the hell? What the hell? Let's, let's lean right into it. Um, what I, uh, I want to do next is a musical. I want to do a musical. I want to mm-hmm. do a musical that I wrote. I want to find, uh, I want to write the book. Um, I know what the idea is. I am, I've ordered a script today that I'm going to read in um, a, a Broadway show that meant a lot to me, Book of Mormon. I'm going to dissect it. I saw it live. I'm going to find what made me laugh. I'm going to, yeah. I've already um, broken down the characters that have already been created um, and it's it's something that is very very big and it's very very intimidating. But if we get it right, it will be the most fun that anyone who's ever been a part of this will ever have. Mm-hmm. And I'm very very excited. Um, so when we do a teaser at the end, we'll, I'm, we're going to be putting more out and starting to get updates together starting in 2019. And uh, it's gonna it, it, it might not be till the summer, but uh, you can say you heard it here first. That's, That's incredible! Exciting. Congratulations! Uh, don't congratulate yet. I gotta, I gotta get right. <laughs> no, but it's, I think, and I mean, and Marcus, tell me if I'm wrong, hmm. but the, I think the, you know, the thing that makes an idea great is the commitment to it yes. from the very start. It's its inception, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Of like, ah, I've got that thing, and I need to make it work. Right? You can solve the problem later. You haven't written the bu- the book, so what? You yeah. will. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, because you're committed to the right. idea. Um, and talk about towing the line between, you know, the yin and, yin and the yang. Yeah. I saw Book of Mormon uh, in 2013. Mm. When it had first came out, my mom and I won uh, lottery tickets lottery. to it. You're seeing Randall's. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, my God. And Josh Gad. And we were front row. And I'm sitting there with my mom. I mean, I'm oh, – how old am I? Uh, God, Jesus. It feels so long I ago. Was, I was a freshman in college at the time. I, I think I was 16. Yeah. And so, you know, they're, they're talking about, like, I hate God. And, like, fuck you, God. And I was like, oh, my dear Jesus. Like, I <laughs> he has maggots where? But I, I enjoyed it so much. It, it made me gasp. It yeah. made me cry. Mm. It made me laugh. And I think that's the, you know, I, I don't want to keep going on about Book of Mormon. But that that's what makes those kinds of shows so beautiful and i think that you um just to give you a little you know some kind words but i think you did that in lockhart as well you know listeners for those of you who didn't see it um it starts with this really uproarious and um joyous classroom these people that kid around and push each other around and make dick jokes and all that stuff and then we get into (laughs) the the kind of the real meat of it Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's how life is. That's how humans interact. That's how we experience things. Right. You know, we switch on a dime. dime. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't even think about it. And you forget about what you were doing before the snap. 
Yeah. Like, well, too I soon. Can't wait to. <laughs> <laughs> I caught Marcus, that. You, Marcus, you brought it back. Okay, call back. Wow, Marcus. Uh, that's God. okay. You know it's... what? If you guys want to create an Avengers podcast, <laughs> fucking do it. But it's not here, okay? God, you're always stealing my Mark, friends. He Marcus. started, Marcus, okay? Let's, Marcus, let's call it Cat Pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well. Tom, I don't know, uh, Marcus, if you have any last questions before we let Tom go. Mm. Um, but all I can say is, I mean, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for me. This was, this was uh, unbelievable. I, I, uh, I don't get to come out of uh, my, my South Philly apartment and, and talk with like-minded artists a lot. And that's, that's why I always, always, always want to be in this. Bit. It's not even a business in this art. Mm. And for all of you, um, you know, folks at home who are really interested in what Tom does or what his production company is all about, you can find a ton of great videos and information at hscproductions.com or on his Facebook page, also under HSC Productions. Is there anywhere else that people can find you, Tom? If, if you want to um, reach out, my um, Instagram is tengland74. Um, HSC is also at hsc un, uh, underscore prod. Um, awesome. and you'll see the logo. You can't miss it. There'll be, uh, there'll be some, um, uh, pictures of what we've done and hopefully what we got, uh, on deck. You may even see a familiar face. There's a familiar <laughs> face. <laughs> well, the, if, if they've seen your face, they're listeners, Mitchell. Uh, I mean, hopefully they're finding me on, uh, you know, Facebook as Mitchell Hansen on Twitter as at the original MDH or on Instagram as lay modern gentleman. Um, or, you know, I, I'm going to start posting now, now you've prompted me, I'm going to post a picture of my face on the not so famous Facebook page. Boom. It's like a book for your face. <laughs> it's like a book for your face. You heard it here first, folks. Um, Marcus, we've shamelessly plugged ourselves. What about you? Can Where I just say, bef- before I plug myself, can I just say that that was beautiful, Mitchell. <laughs> that segue was beautiful. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud of you. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you. Listeners, this is my fourth time doing this. So, uh, it's like being good at sex, right? I'm like, yeah. was that good for you? Is that right. Good for you? He's got the cigarette going. <laughs> Marcus just told me it was good for him, so I'm glad to hear about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, folks at home, you can always uh, catch me on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. Um, you can also find me on Popcorn Prattle, the number one, yes, you heard it here, the number one film talk podcast on the interwebs. Um, and guys, you know, let us know like what you think of the show. Go on iTunes, go on Podbean, go on uh, Stitcher. I, I can't say A-L-E. XA because she'll turn on and scare me. Um, but go on your Amazon Echoes uh, and uh, let let her know that you always want to hear not so famous. And if you go on iTunes, drop us a review as well so that we know what we're doing right, we know what we're doing wrong, so that we can make sure that we get you a better show. But of course, everyone knows we're doing everything right. We're just gonna make the show even better. Yeah, I mean, tell us we suck, I dare you, or tell us we're great, and I will personally guarantee you a kiss on the mouth uh, from Tom England. So, you heard it here first. I mean, this is a guarantee. <laughs> Listen, I commit my lips to so little. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what, we talked about your girlfriend earlier. 
Baby, keep listening. <laughs> you were about to lose us oh, our one God. subscriber, Tom. God, it was my fault. I'm so it's Aaron. You're beautiful. We all love you. <laughs> well, great. Thanks. I think that's a wrap. Thank you.